going to need a mic, I think. want to spread out a little bit? This is the bunk seat right yeah, here. Jack's not coming. Is Jack not coming? I don't know. I'll look at my emails. This is for you. Thank you, sir. Testing. Check one, two. Testing. One, two, one, two. This is not a test. Is it that one? For my beast, we'll leave it off and we'll just run the staff yeah. ones up there. Okay. Yeah, you can just pull it. Just give it to Jack. So every time he talks, he screams. Shows there's a lot of landscaping wishes. <laughs> we have a quorum, so should I ask him? Can I do that? It's not yeah. quite meeting hasn't started yet, right? You got one minute. Well, he's like, oh, let staff know. Start. And they changed it back to where we have tables out here. Yeah, 
ready to go. Okay, good evening, and uh, welcome to tonight's meeting of the Design Review Committee. Uh, Madam Clerk, can we have a roll call? Yeah, we have Member Cormain. Uh, here. Member Kiesel. Member Kiesel is absent. Member Groudon. Here. Vice Chair Tomasello. Here. Chair Antelman. Here. Uh, this is a time that we set aside for public communications to talk about any item that is not on tonight's agenda. Uh, Madam Clerk, is there anyone who would like to speak uh, to us to an item that is not on the agenda tonight? I have no public comment for now. Then we're going to move forward to uh, item number one, which is a consent item. It's approval of Design Review Committee March 15, 2023 meeting minutes. Uh, I need... Uh, vote <laughs> I'll move to approve the March what is it 19 March 15th meeting minutes and a second second okay uh, Madam Clerk would you call the roll? member Cormain yes member Groudon yes vice chair Tomasello yes chair Antelman yes motion carries okay we're gonna move to formal item it's number two project 23-02 63 Coastal Storage Minor Change located at 4451 Market Street. Um, Chair, has anyone uh, have any ex parte uh, communications on this? No. Okay. No. Uh, staff, would you give a presentation? Thank you, Chair. Gene uh, Burr, Senior Planner with the Community Development Department, presenting on agenda item number two, Coastal Storage. The current item on the agenda is a minor change request to change a fence type for a personal storage project. The project site is located near the northeast corner of Telephone Road and Market Street in the Arundel community. This is behind the Winco uh, grocery store, a few blocks behind that development. Back in 2021, uh, the DRC and the Planning Commission saw this project. Uh, Planning Commission approved the plan development permit for a four-story, 62,000-square-foot personal storage uh, development at this site. Uh, perimeter screening was included with that uh, proposal, and that perimeter screening was in the form of a six-foot-tall CMU block wall around the per perimeter of the site, north, uh, west, and east uh, portions of the site. And then last year, in 2022, the community development director approved a minor variance and a minor change a request to replace the block wall uh, with an eight foot tall wrought iron fence with the vine. The variance was to allow the perimeter screen to go up two feet and then uh, the minor change was to replace the screening type. The current request is to replace the currently approved wrought iron fence with a welded wire fence with a vine. Typically minor change applications are processed at the staff level and the DRC would normally see them um, However, uh, the applicant worked with staff and uh, wasn't able to come to an agreement on their current proposal. And so the applicant requested that the DRC uh, see this proposal because there is an application type that is permitted, which is called a minor change with hearing, which is what this is. Uh, as staff, we have some concerns about uh, the proposal. On the screen, you'll see an upper left-hand corner uh, image of what was originally approved. There's a block wall where the dash red circles are located back in 2021. Uh, the lower graphics are what's currently approved, which is a wrought iron fence with a vine. 
And then the graphic on the right is the proposed fence type, and the applicant is proposing to have vegetation on this uh, fence. Uh, staff has some concerns about the long-term viability of uh, vegetation on the fence. Uh, and we think that we have some concerns about the compatibility of this new fence type with the overall design of the project, and this is why this project is before you. And so what uh, staff is asking is for DRC to provide feedback on the proposed fence design and how this works is the DRC will provide a recommendation to the community development director who will make uh, the final decision at a staff level review. And this concludes staff's presentation. Thank you. Uh, do any of the DRC members have questions of staff? I do. I do too. Did you say we approved an increase from six feet to eight feet on a perimeter fence? So, so the community development director approved the uh, increase in the height for the uh, perimeter screen for basically the fence height. We did height. not. The DRC did not correct. Okay. So okay. We, this project was before the DRC. The CMU block wall was capped at six feet, and right. then uh, the community development director at a director's hearing uh, they applied for a minor variance and minor change, and then it was approved through that process. Gotcha. Thank you. Uh, is there landscaping also proposed for this, uh, or did that change at all? The applicant did uh, provide, did say they want to have vines uh, on the proposed fencing. I do not believe the uh, vegetation type changed, but they are proposing vines uh, along on the new fencing. So it's staff's concern that the vegetation may not, may not survive or something? Yeah. Or? We have concerns that the vegetation may not be properly maintained over the long haul, and then if the vegetation isn't properly maintained, then the, the fencing, uh, you know, you be able to see the fence more, and then if, is the fence really uh, compatible with the, the design of the overall project? And were there any conditions related to landscape maintenance or or anything like that? Uh, I know that it's not a, it's not atypical to see those types of maintenance requirements uh, or even, you know, a three-year bond posted for replacement. Um, yeah, like there. you're right. We always have standard conditions as far as what's required to, you know, condition of approval to continue maintain the landscaping as approved in perpetuity. I think staff's concern on this one. One, the enforce, as you can look around town, the enforcement of that condition as a whole is, is challenging for staff to, to really enforce uh, long term. Um, our concern with this is in the intermediary, uh, in, in the intermediary, if those vegetation was to die, um, the appearance of the fence in the time that it takes staff to work that out. And then essentially if the vegetation dies and we're starting from square one, vegetation has to take hold again. So uh, that's really staff's concern. Whereas with the current fence design, uh, we consider to be uh, a rather um, high quality material with the wrought iron. Uh, could uh, the fence could stand on its own essentially from an appearance or uh, aesthetic standpoint. And the applicant is here as well to offer up any uh, additional information. The wrought iron fence also has landscaping as well. So we couldn't necessarily say one design was more water wise than the other, could we? It's just basically what's going to look the best. Okay, thank Correct. you. Uh, if the applicant is present, uh, would you like to speak? And the applicant does have a presentation. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you, uh, DRC members. Um, we, this property we've been working on for several years, and we, um, we learned about this new fence type at a self-storage conference. One of the biggest attributes of self-storage is people are storing their personal goods there, so everything's access control, and the main feature we're really selling and offering is security. Um, and one thing that's happening in our industry is unfortunately people are climbing walls and fences. So the reason why we're proposing this new fence type is it's an anti-climb fence, and it's powder-coated. The color will remain the same, um, and Brian Broderson would be here tonight. He's our landscape architect. He increased the, the planting material on this fence is a lavender star blossom. Um, I memorized that. <laughs> um, and he increased the quantities. We were gonna bring up the landscape maintenance item. This will be, and you can see from the cover photo, a class A facility. Um, if there is a concern from DRC and staff for landscape maintenance, we can, we do have a bond right now on landscape. We have no problem in increasing that, that term. It is a three-year bond right now, but if it needs to be a five-year with an annual checkup, we have no problem with that. Um, and if that needs to be added as a condition of the project, we, we see no issue with that. The key for us is we're, we're gonna operate this for the long term, and in our industry, security and safety is everything, and this fence is what all the big operators are going with um, for security for our tenants. Um, and we will be screening it from both sides. Um, also, I wanted to mention, and Brian wanted me to mention, the, the fence actually doesn't start, the rendering was done, it's a little misconceiving, it, it starts where the building is, because that's where our vehicular gates are. So it will be set back from the street. Um, so, and on one side of our property is a car wash that has an existing wall that's already there. We're gonna be putting our, our fence along that wall with landscaping. In the rear is an auto body facility. Um, that's gonna be heavily landscaped. And on the east side is an office building. Their current fence is chain link right now. That's what they've had for the last several years. Um, so I don't think it will interfere with their aesthetic in the area. The area is an industrial area, mainly gas stations um, and industrial. So we feel like this fence type suits the area. These photos here, and then I'll finish up because I know this, there's a big item coming up. Um, so I apologize. Um, I was having lunch yesterday, and schools are doing this now in data centers. Anywhere where you need high security, you're going to start seeing this fence type all over the county. It's already starting to pop up. So this was at a school. I was across the street having lunch. I took these photos. You can see in the far end, from a long distance, you can't even see the fence because it's so thin. But then close up, this is not, this has no landscaping, but it shows very well. The last thing, too, I want to mention, just on, I've learned a lot about fencing in the last couple of months, um, is this will be powder coated. Our other fence would be painted. This area in Ventura, where our property is, the soil is highly corrosive. So this will last longer because it's powder coated. Um, the current fence, the approval, would be painted, it would last, but we'd have to constantly paint it. This will be, this will have a long-term longevity for our project. So this is a big thing for us. Normally you wouldn't come to a hearing like this for a fence, but we wanted to pay the fee because 
we're going to hold, hold this property for the long term, and security is important. So that concludes my presentation. Uh, the ERC members, any questions? Uh, yes. What is the gauge of the, the wires in this fence? I don't know the gauge. We, there's three manufacturers that make it. There's an Omega product, uh, Fence Factory, which is a local fence company. They have a product called True Grid. Um, and there's one more that I'm, I'm blanking on, but I don't know the gauge, but it's very thin. The posts are very thick, but the gauge of the metal is pretty thin. Is it comparable to your standard chain link? No, it's, it's more heavy duty than that. Okay. And it's anti-climb. That's why we want to have it. It's impossible to climb it. I have a question that doesn't have a bearing on my decision, but of course. cost, does this cost more, cost less? Than what it costs the same. Okay. It will cost the same. It will actually cost more because we'll have to paint the current fence. We were going to paint that black, so the same color. So when you add that on, this will be more. Um, no, it'll be comparable, actually. Okay. Okay. Any further questions? Okay, then uh, I uh, will open the public hearing. Is anybody would like to speak on this? There's no public comment on this item. Okay, then uh, we'll move to deliberation. Um, we need a motion and a second. I guess uh, Do we have any concerns or any support? I'm supportive. I'm familiar with that that fence type. Um, I, I I think they look they look nice. They're actually intended uh, in in many applications to have vines growing on them. Um, so it's probably more more appropriate than um, what would have been built with the the wrought iron fencing. The powder coating uh, is a is a plus in terms of durability and maintaining the color. Um, I, I mean, if the city were concerned about the, the plants, I would be okay. And it sounds like the applicant has, has, takes no issue with uh, a condition to extend the, the uh, landscaping uh, replacement bond um, for a period of time if, if those plants have not been installed in the ground yet. Comments or concerns? If not, uh, we need a motion. And sounds like you may have one. Um, so I would uh, recommend approval uh, with the condition that the landscape bond be extended uh, for two years beyond the. Uh, you said five years. Five years okay. total, right? Yeah. Something like yeah. that. I don't know the details of. Uh, it's a three-year currently. We'll extend it because we want to keep the landscaping nice on our property. Cool. We need a second. If this is to, uh, second. Okay, so we have a motion and a second. Madam Clerk, would you please call the roll? Okay, Member Cormain? Yes. Member Groudon? Yes. Vice Chair Tomazello? Yes. And Chair Antelman? Yes. Motion carries. Thank you. Next, we're going to move to item number two, which is project 22-0237, Maple Court Design Review Plan Development uh, Permit located at 255, 260, and 290 Maple Court. Uh, do we have any ex parte communication on this project at all? No. Okay, staff, uh, do you have a presentation? Yes, thank you. 
Good evening. The next item on tonight's agenda is a request for a major design review to construct two mixed-use buildings within the intermediate commercial zone. The 5.75-acre project site consists of three separate parcels currently and is located at 255 through 290 Maple Court, which is located near the intersection of Maple Street and Maple Court, just east of South Mills Road. There are currently uh, three two-story office buildings that are constructed in, uh, that were, were constructed in or around the early 1970s, uh, along with associated landscaping and surface parking areas on the project site today. Uh, vehicular access is currently taken from Maple Court and would continue to be accessed through Maple Court. Land uses north of the project site consist of institutional and recreational uses, including the Anacapa Middle School and Ventura Family YMCA. South of the project site across Maple Street are a mix of commercial uses and single and multifamily residences. Immediately west of the project site between Maple Court and South Mills Road are a mix of financial medical buildings and charter school. Uh, the area east of the project site is developed with one and two-story single-family residences that are uh, located along Wesley Avenue. In 2022, the applicant submitted a conceptual pre-application for two mixed-use buildings with 350 residential units and approximately uh, 5,000 square feet of commercial space. The project was presented to this committee at, at the August 17th, 2022 DRC meeting. And uh, yeah, the slide shows the summary of the comments that were provided at that meeting. Uh, the DRC had provided comments specifically pertaining to the reduction of massing, architectural styling, site layout, parking, traffic, building height, open spaces, and the variation of product types. Uh, the applicant provided responses to the aforementioned comments with their current submittal as outlined in the staff report. In December of 2022, the applicant submitted a formal application for major design review, which is the request before you tonight. The project proposes two mixed-use buildings consisting of two to three levels of residential units over two levels of parking. Street-facing sides of the parking structures are aligned with townhome units and commercial spaces. A total of 4,850 square feet of commercial space is proposed within the, to within the development total. Sorry. Building one will hold 218 units, and building two will have 132 units for a total of 350 units, uh, configured as flats and townhomes. The residential units will include a mix of studios, one bedrooms, and two bedrooms, ranging in size from approximately 660 square feet studios to 1,700 square foot townhomes. A total of 500 parking spaces is proposed which is consistent with the state density bonus law parking ratios that are applicable to this project. The parking structure for building one is accessed from a single driveway extension from Maple Court, while the parking structure for building two is accessed directly off of Maple Court. Between the two buildings is a central, uh, central to the site is a ground level open space that creates a well landscape area to gather and socialize. At the podium decks, there will be amenity rooms, courtyards, and pools, as well as smaller resident courtyards throughout. The design pulls uh, inspiration from some of the city's classic mid-century architectural elements, and coastal field emphasized the architectural character. 
combination of materials, including uh, brick, texture fiber cement panel, metal panels, and stucco in warm and neutral tones gives the building, uh, buildings a clean and natural feel uh, relatable to the context. The building facade articulation and modulation are accomplished by a series of facade plane changes, cantilevered residential balconies, and roofline variation. The ground level units will be enhanced with higher quality facade materials and more expansive glazing, bronze metal panels, stoops to engage the pedestrian sidewalks fronting the project. The proposed arch fenestration at the ground floor level provides covered outdoor spaces and enhances the, and activates the pedestrian realm. As previously noted, the site is regulated by the development standards of the C1A zoning district, which includes standards for height, setbacks, parking, and lot coverage. The maximum allowable height in the C1A zone is 75 feet and six stories. The, project, the current project proposes a maximum of five levels with a maximum height of 57 feet at the interior of the site with reduced heights around the eastern perimeter. This slide shows an approximation of the perceived massing as viewed from the eastern property line where the site abuts the existing single family residences. I'll speak to each building separately just to kind of help clear it up. Um, starting with building one, uh, the first and second level of the eastern elevation, which is shaded in green here, uh, consists of apartments at the podium levels will be set back 44 feet from the eastern property line. Uh, the building is then flanked by two additional levels of apartments, which is shaded in orange, which is set back an additional 13 feet from the eastern property line, and also features a 99-foot uh, wide cut at the center of the building where the podium level courtyard is proposed. Moving to building two on the eastern elevation consists of two-level podium parking structure with two additional levels of apartments above, totaling a four-story mass, which is set back 31 feet from the eastern property line. Uh, at the northern end of the building, the four-story shaded in purple here is set back an additional nine feet from the eastern property line. And this also includes a 77-foot wide cut in the building uh, proposed to provide the podium level courtyard as well. The design includes landscaping around the perimeter of the project, interior courtyards, and multiple rooftop decks spread throughout the bu both buildings one and two. A heavily landscaped pedestrian paseo is proposed between the two buildings as shown at the bottom right of this slide. At the podium level, there will be amenity rooms, courtyards, and pools, as well as less active, smaller resident courtyards throughout. Staff is recommending that the DRC recommend approval to the Planning Commission with feedback on the following topics as shown on this slide, along with any other design feedback the committee finds appropriate. Um, at this time, we'll welcome the applicant to, to the table to make their presentation before we open up for questions. Uh, how many members of the DRC have questions for staff? Yes. Do you know what the water table is at that site? Not exactly. I don't know the exact level. I think you know I know what you're. Floor? I think I know what you're getting at, but the applicant may have more specifics. Okay, number two, the R one. I think R one six adjacent. I think that's correct. What's adjacent? That's correct. They have an allowed thirty foot height limit. Uh, are they allowed thirty feet? Yes. Without any exceptions. I believe so. Yes. Yeah. That's it. Any other questions? Uh, so right now you don't have any reports or any data concerning the water table at that site? That uh, a soils report was submitted with the uh, application that's been reviewed by our uh, 
Public Works Department. Um, I'm not an engineer, so I don't, I can't speak intelligently as far as what that report includes. Okay, so you're, but the you're not aware of But the applicant may be able to, yeah. Okay, or have knowledge at this point. Okay, I assume the applicant is present and would like to make a presentation. If you want to give me the hard copies, I can pass those on. Well, oh, thank you. Good evening, committee members. Um, just wanted to really focus on some of the main elements that have changed since the last time that we presented this project. Uh, it's been a few months since we've uh, prepared the uh, formal application, and we submitted a formal application with comments that were received from uh, this committee incorporated into that. And I think there were a few elements that were talked about that were discussed that we weren't able to accomplish, and I can talk about those as well. Um, I think a couple of the more um, important points that we talked through, if we go to the next slide, I can kind of highlight some of the higher level points, but. There's a laser. So I know it's hard for people um, to read the text on this screen, but I'll, I'll read some of these points uh, on these bullets that we've got. Uh, for some of the changes since the last DRC meeting. Um, so for the first one, the new site plan provides uh, 2,600 square feet of commercial space at Building 1 um, along the pedestrian plaza um, right at the Maple Street corner. And I think that was something that was discussed as um, really important to creating an engaging project along Maple Street and, and not burying the retail completely within the development, but keeping it out um, where it's more visible to street traffic and kind of more um, accessible to people that are approaching the project for the first time. And so we'll talk about where that shows up in some other renderings, but it's basically right here in this bottom left um, southwest corner of building one. And then we can point that out in the renderings. But that was an important step to kind of pull the commercial component forward and uh, make it present on the project. Due to the grades, we do have some steps there. So we've got um, an accessible ramp coming in from the side, and then we've got, um, I think, about three and a half feet of grade change. So it's elevated. It has kind of more of a monumental stair that creates the separation between that elevated commercial space and its patio, and then the public sidewalk down below. So sorry to interrupt. Just a yeah. clarification. Uh, you mentioned building one. I thought the, the building that fronts Maple Street is building two, is that correct? Oh, yeah, you're correct. Building one on the north and then building two on the south. So that's the southwest corner of building two. And then we do have retail on the south side of building one as well here. So the total retail just shy of 5,000 square feet. It's about 2,500 in the south side of each building. And then one of the other things that was talked about at length at the previous meeting was trying to keep the vehicular traffic away from the eastern property line. And previously, we had two ways to get into um, the garages here. We had the access to building one over here on, on the west, and then building two had access on its west side as well as its east side. And we've closed off the access on the east side 
And in doing that, it's freed up the ability to program that fire lane so that when it's everyday operations at the project that it could be used for uh, pedestrian activity around the, the perimeter. People could use it for walking dogs, et cetera. And so we've got our landscape architect, Dwayne's here with us today to talk about some of the concepts that have been envisioned for both the ground plane uh, public landscaped areas as well as the um, decks up on the podium and then the roof decks. But that was something we're you know, positioning all of the traffic on this uh, existing Maple Court um, driveway and uh, roundabout um, seemed to make a lot of sense to pull the cars away from the adjacent use, not having any um, the noise, the the lights at night, etc. And then the Maple Court right of way at the last meeting was talked about as a potential vacation approach. And now that's basically being left as is, as a public right-of-way. And so we're looking to find ways to improve the, the current aesthetic of the building interface along the sidewalk. I think because of the construction of this building, we'll probably do a lot of replacement of sidewalks and street trees, to, essentially to improve that existing area. It won't be bermed. It'll be a more flush and connective um, sidewalk to patio connection for the ground floor living units there. And so that's another one of the changes. Um, while it's more of an ownership discussion, um, just wanted to point that out as a, a change from the way that we presented the project previously. And then in terms of the architecture, we can go to the next slide and talk about um, some of the changes in terms of the character. So I think before there were a lot of vertical elements that were creating kind of a vertical patterning and had some depth to them. And I think there was some consensus that it looked maybe too heavy, too bulky, and starting to look at ways to kind of create maybe some tiering to the project uh, from the ground plane up to the roof. Um, one of the ways that we tried to integrate more of the mid-century character that you get in this neighborhood in, in both, I think, the commercial areas as well as the residential was to find ways to identify some of the common um, elements that really define mid-century architecture in terms of horizontal projections, uh, vertical floor-to-ceiling glazing, and um, projected decks, and, and some vertical accent elements um, like the stairwells are increased. But the thing that was talked about a lot of the previous one was really creating more of a um, engaging ground plane and pedestrian experience. And so we wanted to make sure that um, the commercial components that are integrated into the design could stand out um, as complementary but also unique in their own language so that they would basically um, somewhat detach themselves from the rest of the building and make it known that this is something unique and essentially non-residential because all the residential language and the, the uh, textured planes in between the, the projecting floor lines and the, the shadows from the the floor lines, that language is all kind of unique to the uh, residential portions of the project. But at the commercial, we've got the taller arched volumes that have a lot of depth and uh, are clad in kind of a nice warm um, weathered wood texture. And then vertical storefronts here. Uh, these are all double height spaces, so we could get, say, 18-foot ceilings in there. And um, there's architectural projected canopies and... Uh, 
kind of mid-beam um, spans for signage and things in between the bays. So that language was created at both buildings to identify the commercial kind of as its own um, standalone component and kind of create a base form to the building and let the majority of the architecture above it step back um, and start to terrace that a little bit. Um, so th that's really kind of the main change with respect to the way that we were thinking about the massing, how to break it down. And the one thing that we did at this corner as well is in order to bring down the scale on Maple Street where the project is most visible, we had a five-story element here, which was uh, three levels of wood over two concrete, and we dropped it down um, to four stories here, two over two, in order to bring the mass and the scale down at that corner. So that is probably one of the bigger changes to the project in terms of the, the approach. Um, this also gives the residents of the project a roof terrace at this level, which is probably here at the southwest corner, one of the best view opportunities for the site as well. Um, and then there's a few other roof decks that have been introduced uh, to the project uh, in different areas, which uh, Duane can speak to as well when we get into the landscaping. And we can go through some of the other slides. Some of the, this is um, the view looking in between the two buildings. This is really where we've tried to envision a space that would be an active public space, not just in a, a resident amenity, you know, for residents to get out and enjoy open space, but it would be an on-site public open space that we're envisioning as something that's not fenced, that is open to the public um, as essentially a, a small linear park um, that would have opportunities for uh, food trucks and things at the edge of the cul-de-sac, um, here at the kind of opening between the two buildings. And then we've got our leasing hub to the project on the north side of building two, and then the other commercial space, which is probably a um, commercial uh, co-working space, maybe a daycare there at the, the south side of building one. And then everything in between there is essentially a meandering garden that runs east to west uh, between the two gar uh, buildings. Those gardens are flanked with um, essentially resident patios on either side to have access uh, at the ground plane uh, for residents to come out into that space directly. Um, so they're not you know, just elevated from it, but they can actually have um, a rental unit that lives directly on that public space for the folks that are looking for a more engaging experience. And then on the next slide, um, this is the updated view of the, the frontage along Maple Street. This is where we've got two-story townhomes along that frontage, and then we've got some small private patios um, from the back of walk back to the building face. Um, and then we start to terrace the building back here, as you can see, from four stories to five internally here. And the language here, um, similar to the other corner, um, the elements are fairly consistent in terms of large glazing at the living rooms and then some smaller vertical glazing at bedrooms. And then these stair towers for egress essentially become kind of a breaking element to, to break some of the horizontal plane and kind of ground the building down here at the um, street uh, sidewalk here. And then these units that are the two-story townhome units that wrap the garage to conceal the parking uh, happen not just here on Maple Street, but also um, along Maple Court as you drive up through the project as well. 
So a lot of opportunities for direct access units. Um, they'll have direct access to their unit from the parking structure. Some of them even have private garages within the podium parking. And then those um, units would have pedestrian access off of the public sidewalk and then garage access in the back. We can go to the next slide. And then this essentially gives you an idea of the overview of some of the um, building layouts, courtyard configurations through here. Uh, we haven't uh, depicted all of the landscaping on, on these, but we have it on uh, landscape plans that we can share with you uh, that have been developed since. But opportunities for additional landscaping and greenery at all of these step-down locations here. Um, this corner here adjacent to the commercial, this one's also stepped down to four stories and then down to the, the two-story podium uh, down below. Next slide. And then the, um, elevations are here. We can kind of come back to these with specific questions that are there about um, the articulation or materiality and things. Um, but these give you an idea of the um, overall building configuration, the, the massing brakes and uh, balcony positioning here. And I think we can flip through these to the landscaping. I'll let uh, Dwayne come up and talk a little bit about just the general vision behind uh, the, the approach to the landscaping and uh, the programming side of things. Thanks, Keith. I'm Dwayne Border with Border Landscape Architecture. Happy to be here this evening. Thank you very much. Uh, as Keith mentioned, um, some of the really important uh, components of this is really the connections. Connections on the ground level, as he mentioned, along Maple Street, Maple Court, we have the opportunity for these townhomes, small patio entries and garden spaces to really create a certain amount of life on the street on those two frontages. Um, but really kind of the primary space that we're looking at on the ground plane is, is this space in the middle, which we see is, as Keith mentioned, a linear park. So you're going to have the commercial potential retail component that's in uh, building one here and really building off of the synergy between that and this leasing office to be able to have that open space. So you can see we're really maximizing this space for a couple of different reasons. One is obviously to get as much tree canopy coverage as we can in an area where we are on terra firma. So where we do have on-grade planting, we're going to be able to get some pretty good plant materials in there in terms of sizes and really fill that out and create that pedestrian scale using landscape as well as some of the architectural components. Um, and then the other thing that we're doing is providing more permeability and a bit more infiltration opportunities through planters in that zone. We really want to try and maximize uh, that combination of plaza and planting area. I think we have a, an enlarged view of that when we get to it. You can see a little bit more of that hardscape versus landscape balance. But trying to reduce as much of the stormwater um, water as, as we possibly can and try to capture that as much as possible within the planting areas. The other things that, that Keith touched on were the idea of, you know, these areas around that essentially are needed to be maintained for fire access as part of a safety component within the fire department. What we've looked to do and we've been challenged by um, ownership is to really create this sense of kind of linear park spaces so that um, there is this opportunity to use that and doesn't just become a asphalt driveway and 
that's pretty much it. So we're looking at using a variety of materials, changing with paving, looking at opportunities with the fire department to use uh, grass pave and those types of uh, treatments along here so we could have potentially a, a dog run um, area, some seating pockets, and then along this face of the western edge, we again have step-up units that are actually on the ground floor and using that drive again as a, as a really kind of a pedestrian street almost with a heavy uh, tree line along this side where we have the opportunity to create a bit of enclosure before the view kind of goes all the way out. Um, you can see some of the, the courtyards that Keith mentioned. We really like the balance of it. Um, when we get into that, you'll see that they have uh, separate but equal in terms of balance of program. Each building has its own pool and has their own garden courts. You can see the pool court for building two is down here to the south and building one is up here. So they're gonna have really good southern exposure for sunning and, and uh, ample uh, opportunities for uh, exposure. Um, and then we'll also look a little bit more at, at kind of the components, I think, at some of the future slides. Go to the next slide, please. Okay, kind of more of the same. This is the ground plate, sorry. Yeah, so you, you can see here, so th this is the idea where we're really creating this vibrant um, plaza slash park space, really. So you can see all these green areas and the tree coverage here. We really want to utilize um, this space since we do have living units on the building one and building two side here to create a separation and sense of privacy. It is open from this side all the way through. You can traverse um, all the way through, but we have more planting here for more of the infiltration, more privacy. And then in this space, it's much more open with large planter cutouts for trees that actually come out of the paving. And as Keith mentioned, this plaza space is really going to be great for different events and uh, maybe some outdoor dining and, and those types of, of components and programs. Next slide, please. So this is showing again those uh, the separate residential uh, courtyard spaces. Next slide. So if we go into uh, the north building or building one, um, again, there's the pool component here um, that's on the far side that's exposed to the south. So we have a fair amount of deck space around the pool. It's connected to an, an amenity room that's programmed here. So you have a really strong uh, connection from a community amenity perspective. One of the other things that we like to do in, in uh, a lot of our multifamily buildings now is, you know, over the years, it's been primarily kind of hip hotel kind of experiences. What we're looking here is create more opportunities for family and community events. So you'll see we have a lot of programs where you could have children's play areas. You can have a lot more smaller, more intimate seating spaces that have good shade. So the idea is this is a little bit more of an active space. In the middle, we're looking at a bit more passive. On the north face, we would have an outdoor kitchen. Um, in the core, essentially, we would have a work-from-home garden, which has obviously become, you know, really an interesting program uh, for a lot of folks who are working from home to be able to take a call, call, a call, sorry, have a meeting, or just work outside under a, a shade in a small canopy space, and then again, another lawn area or children's play zone. And then the other thing we're seeing in the marketplace and um, ownership has been pushing for is this idea of a community garden. So being able to have a kitchen garden outside where you have an entertainment space, um, outdoor kitchens are really viable. We want to create opportunities for individuals, couples, small groups to have opportunities to come out and to expand their living area essentially um, within these courtyard spaces. Next slide, please. Building two is similar, but we have two separate courtyards. Again, the southern facing is going to be the pool and uh, deck and more active space here off of another amenity room. 
And then off of this space, we're looking at having, again, a small community garden space with a large outdoor kitchen. And then the intention here is there's going to be an amenity component that is intended to be a fitness. And so we really want to have some indoor-outdoor opportunities and essentially use this as kind of an open park space. So you can have workout classes, you can do yoga, and then you can just have free play and some smaller seating areas uh, in the shade here, again, for children and for teens, um, as well as uh, you know, any age group that's actually using the, the fitness um, areas as well. Next slide. Okay. This is really kind of tough at this scale, but you can see we have a number of uh, roof decks, which Keith mentioned. So all of these are going to be really high. You're going to get great views uh, to the mountains, great views uh, to the ocean side, and I think they'll be um, really terrific. We're finding this is a captured space on a lot of projects, and we're really excited about all that we have here. Again, if we go to the next slide, we'll see building one. So we have corner uh, space here on the southwest. We also have these eastern on the north and the south. We see these as programs that are more casual lounge, um, maybe small barbecues for uh, evening events, um, and then a lot of it is really used during the daytime, again, that private work from home or kind of get away from, uh, you know, if there's someone else who's working in your home and you're not that interested in listening to their Zoom calls, you can actually come out here and you can read your book or you can do your own uh, search and work and those types of things that we find um, are taking up people's days. Then the next slide, please. Very similar. Three more down here on the south and the southwest corner. Great open views on this side. Small seating courts, uh, barbecue, entertainment court, and more of a lounge space um, again up here. So it's really important to try to distribute some of the program opportunities in the living spaces on all the varying levels. Next slide. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, do any of the DRC members have any questions for the applicant? And seeing this probably a few. Yes, um, I just want some clarification on the, well, actually, which one is building one that's the southernmost is building one? Or building uh, northern. Northernmost one. Okay, building two, southeast corner, um, and that had come up in the prior meeting, and I asked the same question. Um, what is the setback from the property line of the wall of the parking, a two-story parking, and then the setback from there to the two levels of housing? So what are the numbers there? And then the ultimate, the height to the top of the housing. I just want to see what the setback is in relationship to the height of the building at that point. Sure, yeah, so on Maple Street where the building fronts uh, the public street and we've got the separation from the street to the property line um, where that EVA comes in, the EVA is approximately 30 feet wide. Okay. And the building form that sits immediately along that setback is about uh, 24 feet tall. Okay. And then from there, um, I think at the very southeast corner, that's set back another five feet before we have another two stories. So the, it's four stories total. And then as we go further north, and we have the, um, the courtyard and then the other building massing that sits above that podium, 
uh, to the north of that four-story element. Um, that one is set back so that we've got, let me verify that. Yeah, the fifth floor portion sits approximately 78 foot eight from the property line. Okay. So when you, yeah, at that portion there, the, the four story is about 35 feet from the property line and then you go um, 78 feet to where you hit the uh, first fifth floor element. Okay, so back at the southeast corner, what is the height of the two stories over the, two stories housing over the two stories parking? The ultimate height to the top of that? 47 feet. 47 feet? Um, so you're still in negotiation about what makes up the fire lane, that space there? Is it whether it's all paved or plantings or...? It would all be drivable surface. Um, as you get near the end of the linear park on the eastern edge, um, we've got kind of a, a wider throat there at the north building, and so there's room for a couple trees there. We're going to have I think the transformers um, just outside of the, the EVA, so they could be accessed uh, down there on the um, ground level between the two buildings. And then the throat, as you get up to um, the north building, is more like 43 feet, 44. And so there we would have some planting areas, and I think the idea was that that clear path for the fire truck would actually start to, to shift from the east to the west and allow some room for more trees uh, there where we've got more than 30 feet. It's kind of tough to see, kind of tough to see here, but there's a dashed line there that indicates what the fire lane width is going to be. So we'll have the opportunity along the building one to have deeper setback and perhaps some trees. Along this edge, we're uh, a little bit more um, restricted because of canopy coverage clearance that they need for the fire. But the intention is to um, be able to put uh, some vines and softening up this edge. And also, as I mentioned, it's all going to be drivable surface, but um, we look to do a grass crete or a turf block system so that when you're looking at it, it's more of a, a softer edge or you know, articulating it with specialized paving as well to help visually reduce that factor from just a really wide 30-foot wide fire line, essentially. So you're not intending that any of these rear yards are going to be blocked from, so it's, there's no issue about anybody in the community being able to walk their dog there or, or stroll along those as well? Is that going to be acceptable? Oh, do you mean providing openings at the property line wall from private? At, at uh, Maple and then along the, the rear side? Or is it only for the um, occupants of the building? And how do you separate that off? Is it, is, so our, is our vision for this property was that at the uh, back of sidewalk, right at our building corner, that we would have a gate um, so that no vehicles would ever get back there. Um, we haven't contemplated putting a man gate or a swing door into that uh, bigger gate in order to allow pedestrians through there. Um, 
but we also don't have a gate on the, the linear park either. So if somebody wanted to walk around the building and get back there in the current design, they could. The, the fence that's there on Maple Street is really just to deter um, vehicular traffic, uh, folks biking down the street to kind of come on property um, versus being able to take Maple Court instead and, and enter the project that way. I mean, I don't see a problem having it available to more people than who live here. Put some bollards up or I don't know. Yeah. Just there's a possibility there. Um, my last question is, have you done community outreach meetings with the community? Yeah, Galena, the owner uh, who's here tonight, she's done quite a bit of uh, connection with uh, folks in the neighborhood, and I'm sure she could speak to that. Yeah, I'd be interested to know how many meetings, what the general feedback. I, you know, I know it's a controversial project, but. Those are my only questions right now. Um, I've got a, a few questions. I'll, I'll try to organize them in some logical fashion, um, but some of them may be random. As I'm just trying to familiarize myself with it. So uh, can you re remind me what the unit mix is, number of studios ones and twos for the project, or larger? It's actually on this page. Okay, studios ones and twos. Great, thank you. Um, regarding some of the, uh, I'll say site features, um, ha it, it didn't look like there was a, uh, a site or building lighting plan at this point. Obviously, I know this is still schematic level, but have we given some thought to what those would be anticipated to be, particularly along that east side where it's a little more um, uh, sensitive. Yeah, I think due to the space, I think we would envision that most of the building lighting would be uh, wall-mounted down lighting along the whole length of the eastern facade so that it wouldn't be you know, shining uh, anywhere near the property line, but putting light on the ground just outside the building um, to keep it safe at night. Um, and for folks that want to walk that perimeter at night. But, um, but yeah, we wouldn't have really any room to do anything vertical out of the ground in terms of post tops or really bollard lighting, but yeah, all building mounted. And um, no down requirements lighting. for building lighting to be kind of up at that higher level, whereas even if it's fully shielded and downcast, you know, if someone were looking up at it, they'd still see it. Yeah, it depends, I guess, what our mounting height is, but if we've got. 24 feet or so to deal with uh, from the ground up to the top of that podium. If it's mounted at, say, 15, 16 feet, then, yeah, I think you'd only see it if you were um, west of the property line and you were on property looking up at that. Okay. Um, I think you, you generally answered the questions about screening, like landscape screening and potential for larger trees along that east side. Um, Unfortunately, Unfortunately, it sounds like kind of the southeastern were uh, adjacent to building two. There's a little bit fewer opportunities in there to get some, some larger. Yeah, for canopy trees, just given the clearance that they need for the vehicular 
So to be able to get trees to actually go across would be really And the, I know you're constrained. I, I appreciate the, the uh, change to keep Maple Court as a public right of way and, and make those improvements. Obviously that constrains you a little bit more with how, how far you can shift the building westward to create a little more space on the east. Um, but, uh, you know, no opportunity in there. You're, it looks like you're mostly at, you know, at the max as far as how far yeah. west you could push the building. From a landscape perspective, we'll work with everything we've got. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, the... Uh, Potential for public access for the, the fire lane, um, I think that would be probably a benefit if, if that is a possibility. Um, I was unaware that there would be a potential gate, um, you know, across uh, that Maple Court entry point for, and I'm sure that, you know, with a Knox box the fire would require and all of that. Um, but I do think if there's an opportunity to just put bollards up, um, and um, and allow for for flow of pedestrian and bicycle movement. Uh, I, I do think that that would be a benefit, not only for you know. Uh, I think it would be a benefit to the project as well because I, I I would be a little bit concerned if somebody were to go kind of to those corners of the fire access lane, you know, and and you can't necessarily see that they're behind the fence if mm -hmm. if someone's walking by or something. Um, that, that could be a potential concern. So I, I would like to see, you know, that be considered for the, the perimeter uh, fire yeah, lane. I think the bollards are a good solution to um, keep the vehicles out and allow more permeability for the pedestrians and cyclists. Um, the maintenance of the community garden. Um, community gardens I, I struggle with sometimes. Um, I think they are a, a beautiful idea, but in practice, if, if no one is really taking ownership of them, they tend to get a little, um, a little weedy. Um, is, would that be something, I guess, what's the maintenance plan um, for this project? Will there be, would that be something that's maintained by, um, you know, the, the overall project, or is it intended that the some of the residents themselves would sort of volunteer and, and take that on. units. I was wondering if you could, and kind of getting more into the buildings and units themselves, um, the live work units, can you explain where exactly those occur um, on buildings one and two and sort of that entry experience into, uh, into those units? Yeah, those are the two-story liner units that occur at the um, interface between the public sidewalk and the garage. Uh, at the ground floor. So on, on both buildings, essentially adjacent to uh, the commercial areas, um, basically coming up along Maple Court and 
immediately adjacent to the uh, commercial space at the south side of building one. Okay. Uh, and, and those are the only entry point, or I guess some you, you mentioned have kind of a rear entry into the garage themselves. Um, yeah, they'd all have access from the garage side. Um, and I believe most of them, if not all, have uh, a private garage as part of that. Okay. So within the, the concrete garage structure, there'd be um, a private gate for those uh, ground floor direct access units. So they could enter also through their garage. I guess my, my question or concern would be, um, you know, what is, it's a great idea again to have kind of that access to the street, but there's a, a and, I, and I do encourage that um, and would like to see that, but it can, uh, that privacy, that sort of separation between public and, and what's private um, can sometimes get a little bit blurred. Um, so I'd want to see that there's some thought, thoughtful design strategies incorporated into, um, you know, creating a little bit of privacy and mm -hmm. private space around those entries. And then, um, I, I, I think that's all my questions. The other one's more of a kind of, kind of getting into comments realm, but thank you. Okay. William, comments? <laughs> yeah, my, most of my questions were asked by the both committee members. Um, what, what is the height of maple and maple of the stair, of the stairs at that edge? That, that, that's, shown as being a, uh, a fair amount of stairs, is that correct? So the height of the stair is um, 57 feet. Um, uh, how many, from, from sidewalk to top of that, whatever, before the entry? Like that's about an, another area? four feet. Four feet? Yeah. Yeah, between six and eight steps. Uh, and then where, what terraces are at ground level and what terraces are are on top of rooftops or podium? On A0-4, we could do it with that one. So all the courtyards that are depicted uh, in that composite plan, um, the, all the large ones are on podium, so level three the roof of the second floor. And then all of the smaller ones, the, the three per building that Dwayne pointed out are on the, the fifth floor. Yeah, so this is, th this is the composite. And then if we go to the next slide, you can see, so this is everything that's on the ground. And then the next slide, oops, sorry, the next slide. <laughs> These are all of the on-podium court. So these five are all in the second story. Yeah, the roof of level two. So pretty much everything, but the between the two buildings of building one and two, and the right. and the and correct. The, yeah, in terms of common open space elements, the units that are ground floor living units would have a six by ten private patio enclosure. So private open space, but not any larger community open spaces other than the linear park. Got it. And then the, the eastern edge of building two, 
maybe both buildings, and the north edge of, I think, building one. That is a, that's two-story garage adjacent to the, let's just take building, this is building two, right? Building two, the adjacency of the, your proposed building and the residential is a two-story parking lot, uh, one and three-quarter maybe. You're, you're sunk in a little bit. Correct, yeah. And that's correct? Yes. And then the, the northern edge of building one is also the adjacent, the, the edge is also a parking lot or garage? Yeah, where it's being zoomed in there on building one, um, you can see where the, the shaded out ground plane mm -hmm. comes over, I think it's 44 feet from the PL on the right to the first building line where the shadow is. And then there's another um, six foot step back to where the four story component is. Right. So th that first wall is, uh, at that point, it's partially buried back there by about seven feet. So I, I think it's about 17 feet above finished grade. And then you step up to the two-story element, which would be um, another uh, 23 feet. So it's just about. Uh, and the, 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 the section BB that you have that's on building two, that is also garage, correct? Correct, yeah. And that was the one that uh, committee member Cormain asked about the, the setbacks and the stepbacks. Correct? That's 47 feet? Yes. Okay. Um, okay, my final question, I think, outside of theirs. Um, what is the water table? So we're working on getting additional borings done now, um, partially to understand the water table and also to understand uh, the percolation um, to see if there's specific spots in here especially in that linear park where we could infiltrate for stormwater. Um, that's probably forthcoming in the next month or two. But um, the, the few borings that we did have, I think there were four, there was a range, so. Um, the, the, the what's? The borings. Borings, okay. Yeah. And there was a range of how deep? Well, well, you guys answered that the high water table affects underground parking feasibility, unless that's a misquote or something. And if it seems like it would be something that you would actually know the numbers on to be able to respond in that way, because that's a big issue. I mean, uh, the adjacency building, the Will Imperiara building, is fully underground and it's 20 feet lower than your guys's. And I don't know that it's ever had really a water table issue. And so I'm having a hard time with that, with that answer, with your answer in the in the in our questions of can you lower the podium? And and that's why I'm asking the question because you're saying that the high water table affects the underground parking feasibility. By your answer, I would assume that you already had all those answers, that's all. I don't think I'd answer that the water table is having a, a, a problem with my feasibility of my, my podium or underground parking if I didn't have those answers. Okay, thanks. Okay, I guess it's my turn. Um, 
Again, thank you. Uh, you guys have done a lot of work, and I think we appreciate the number of the changes that you've made. Uh, I'm going to start with the roof. Uh, how are you draining the roof? So the, the roof is sloped at 2% to perimeter, where we're going to have um, downspouts that go essentially to the underside of the podium. They'll carry down all levels of the exterior wall down to the underside of the podium, where they'll travel to um, the exterior of the building, where they're going to drain into planters. Um, so in most cases, collect, are you going to have collectors and downspouts visible on the architecture? Yeah, I think I think what we could probably do is like on areas where we have prominent exposure from public streets, like Maple Court and Maple Street, do internal drains there. And then on the internal portion of the project, do um, scuppers and downspouts. Okay, and that's not shown on your drawings as of yet? No, it's not yet. Okay. Uh, how are you getting roof access? Uh, roof access is through, we've got to have at least one stair from each building all the way up to the roof for fire, and then that would be access through there. Other stairs that are there that don't go all the way to the roof would have hatches uh, from the top landing. Uh, with internal ladders to get access to the roof there. So it would be like a penthouse? It would be an additional story to accommodate your stairways? At, yeah, one of the stairways on each one of the buildings. Okay. Is that shown on your drawings? I believe that is. I think it's the south, build, south stair at um, the southeast corner of the south building, and then um, the western stair... Um, over there on the fire lane at the southwest corner of building one. And what's the height of the roof, those two projections? Uh, those are another eight feet for those, those overruns. 65 to the stair overrun. Okay. Uh, you've got a roof equipment screens. I noticed you did provide a detail on that. Uh, are there plans, or uh, are you considering how you're going to address solar on this building? Uh, we haven't laid out the solar yet, but we've got an idea of the solar area that's going to be required for the units. So each each building is going to need probably about um, 500 watts or so per unit. And once the final energy model's done, depending on other things happening in the building, we'll know the final final solar size, and then we can do a solar layout, but um, there's areas like um, on the fifth floor, uh, kind of north side, where we've kind of set aside some solar roof area, and on the uh, four-story portion uh, on the southeast corner, that has good exposure and some open solar area there as well. Have you considered using your, your screens uh, to support your solar, so you block your equipment at the same time? We hadn't. We were intending to put them in different locations, but it's not a bad idea. Yeah, if you could reorientate uh, from east to west some of those that might. But uh, these are things that we should be seeing because uh, it will affect the architecture. Uh, like, what is the height of the parapet ar around these buildings? 42 inches. 42. So. And then in some cases it pops up an extra 18 inches for um, articulation on the facade. Different massing elements have... Mm -hmm. um, and varied parapet heights between okay. 42 and, and 60 inches. Okay. Um, on, the, on the east side, uh, I noticed a number of my colleagues have talked about, you know, landscaping and trees. And, you know, it is tight. Uh, 
and I'm not a landscape architect, I'm probably dangerous in that area, but uh, something like an Italian juniper, uh, would that provide some screening and some shade? And <laughs> I think it might be. Potentially, yeah, there's potential where we could look at something like that. If we could get enough horizontal space for a decent sized roof hall and not interfere with the footing of the, the wall there that separates um, the residential and Okay, um, balconies. How many of, there's 350 units, how many of them have balcony access? Uh, we're doing balconies for all units here. So either a balcony on the upper levels or on the lower levels, we've got private patios. So those two-story units would have a ground floor uh, patio, approximately 60 square feet. Okay, because when I look at the drawings, it seems like they're kind of sparse and they're kind of small. Correct me if I'm wrong, what, what, what is the typical size of a balcony and how usable is it? The average size is about uh, 50 to 60 square feet. So it's about five by, by 10. 10, yeah. Okay. Um, sidewalk width, what do we have for a width of sidewalk? Uh, it's gonna be the existing Parkway, basically the public parkway is going to stay the same. Which is? Uh, I believe it's a minimum of at least five feet. It was a type of parkway of two and a half, three feet, and a five-foot walk. Okay. Okay, those are all the questions uh, that I have. Um, last chance, anyone? Hi, Mark. Along the eastern property line, the elevations, are those openings into the garage or are those trellises? There are openings into the garage for ventilation. How is that going to work with growing vines? Is it problematic? Probably, there's a lot yeah. of openings on. Yeah. Can you bring up the east property line? The east elevations? Um, no, it's not that one, it's the next page, I think. Yeah, it's that one, isn't it? Yeah. So you have these large openings. Uh, and they're not on the plan, by the way, that's why it's confusing. But um, so how does that work with the trying to grow vines on there and cover that wall? Have you considered arching those openings uh, to kind of repeat what you have going on in the corner? It might, get, might make it more interesting. Yeah, we had currently you know, looked at just trying to keep that language at the commercial um, to really make the commercial stand out as something unique, but we hadn't studied it on any of these side elevations for the garage. Actually, I was thinking more, do you need all that surface area for ventilation? Because again, it, it doesn't, it's not particularly friendly to the neighbors to have the, in, the sound of the traffic in the garage, which are all hard, hard surfaces, and then headlights and things like that, you know, at night coming out to the neighbors when you're up on the second level. 
So do you? Yeah, do you due know? to the fact that we've got liner program, you know, per the building and mechanical code, it doesn't meet the definition of an open garage. Mm -hmm. So it's just to assist in the bringing in of fresh air. So if it was preferred to have a solid wall there, um, those could be infilled. Like the, the garage is going to have to have mechanical assist for the exhaust either way. Because we've I got... I would, well, I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, it's really yeah. just questions. We can, yeah. we can yeah. discuss the merits. Yeah, yeah the, the thought was that rather than having a big, solid, massive wall, that we would kind of break it up with solid and void to create some pattern going down that facade and, and, and break it up with... Um, you know, the larger openings, which would still have some kind of um, uh, metal architectural grill that would allow for some screening of that, um, but still allow for the ventilation to happen. I think we're gonna, you'll have the opportunity to address that when we open it up to the I'm just bringing it up. Anyone, anyone, anyone watching, anyone watching that. anything that they're saying? Mm -hmm. Anyone that's watching, I've tried watching these meetings, that this outside conversation is never yeah, gonna be heard. I, I, if you're gonna be speaking a bunch, I'd prefer that you come up and use the microphone. Oh, okay. and, and also we're recording it's not re it. It's not recorded for the public hear. either. It, yeah, needs, it has to be. I'll just repeat and say the question was regarding the screens for the openings for the garage and the response was uh, I have met with the with the neighbors uh, Jim Ursula a few others were there as well and that was discussed and what we landed on is we would select the finish of the screen that would go for the for those openings to minimize sound and light uh, as much as possible. If there's no more questions, then uh, we're going to open uh, the meeting up to the public. Clerk, uh, do we have anybody that wishes to speak on this project? Yes, we're going to have, we have five public speakers. Okay, and our protocols are three minutes per person. Okay, so our first speaker is Pedro Toscano. Please. Hello and good evening. Uh, my name is Pedro Toscano. Uh, I'm a member of the Southwest Mountain States Regional Council of Carpenters. I'm also a union representative for the Carpenters Union. Uh, with me today, I have a couple of my uh, members. They live locally here in the community. Um, I myself, I live in the local area and I work and recreate in the vicinity of this upcoming project. It's a great project, by the way. Um, uh, I believe that um, what we would like to ask is that uh, uh, we would like to see some kind of language that requires the project to be built with contractors that are responsible and that will hire locally uh, um, uh, members of the community. Um, 
paying prevailing wage and utilizing apprentices from certified apprenticeship training programs. Now, before anybody starts uh, raising their hands and saying, well, this is not a public works project or a state-funded project, I, I would like to just uh, uh, add that recently the state of California reiter reiterated its commitment towards encouraging workforce development and using affordability through the Affordable Housing and High Roads Job Act of 2022, otherwise known as Assembly Bill 2011, which requires projects to pay workers a prevailing wage rate and hire from the state certifi uh, certified apprenticeship programs for the projects meeting certain uh, siting affordability and development standards. Um, uh, Jelena, uh, I heard you this morning, uh, th this evening, that you went around the community and got feedback. I'm pretty sure a lot of the, a lot of the, you got a lot of great feedback for your for your project. I just want to let you know that a lot of the projects in the surrounding area, including all the track homes that were built here me. in the Excuse me. Sorry to interrupt. Please yeah. direct your comment to the committee. Yes, correct. Uh, all these projects at one time were built, uh, you know, union or by people from the community. And you know what? They also live in this day and they retired with dignity in this community. They are, they are probably the residents that you probably walked in uh, the, that come and visit these uh, meetings. So with that said, we would like to, the new generation here, we would like to build these projects so that we could live here and some, sometime ha uh, get our kids in, and push them into the apprenticeships that we provide. We have partnerships with the local schools. We, oh, there's a PLA that just got signed with Ventura uh, Unified, and uh, we're pushing our curriculum, uh, curriculum to uh, enhance those, those resources to those kids. July's coming up, you know, this summer's coming up, a lot of kids are gonna free up, they're gonna wanna do some, some kind of work. Thank you, uh, time's up. Thank you very much. Our next public speaker will be Judy Hauer. Thank you for allowing me to speak. I'd like to first of all clarify what the density allotment is on this parcel. Is that part of the design review? I have only three minutes to ask a lot of questions, so I'd really like to know that. Are we overdoing the density here? And are we also misstating and exaggerating things like childcare because you only have 36 units designated as two bedroom, but you're talking about childcare? We're talking about 500 cars that are necessary to support this place are we really ready for changing a neighborhood, an existing neighborhood, to something that doesn't really fit? You've had established neighbors there for years, and you want to put in this high-density situation. Look at what is allowable and think now, is that really fair? Is this an enhancement for the city of Ventura? Is this really doing something for the people that have lived here and want to live here? Is this a benefit? And I think you're a very experienced developer, but you gotta look at the human element. So I had um, one thing on page one. If we could just look at that for a minute. I'm running out of time. Could we go to page one, please, on the drawings? Where it shows 
Well, I don't know that that's even it. It said 01 on the sheet. I'm not sure. No. No. Go. I'm sorry. Could you please find that? Because my comment, nope. It's a drawing of the, um, an aerial view. What I want to point out, okay. Look at that. It looks like a penitentiary. It's too dense. And I'd like to know if your drawings reflect the true scale and the distance between these units. Is that a, a lifestyle to promote, or is it a, another attempt to really overdo what you're doing here? Um, so is there an answer to what is allowable on that site? This is not a portion for a question and answer. This is the public comment portion of the meeting for comments to be made to the committee. Okay, and uh, I will. I do think once again the subsidence question will bring you to your senses on to what you can do there. But I'm really, really concerned with the loss in the community, not just that one area, but the loss in the community as to this high density project. Thank you. Our next public speaker is Lilith. Okay, no problem. Um, next, our Ursula Brighton. Britain. Ursula Britton. Hi, I um, submitted uh, written public comments, so I'm not going to uh, go over those again, but a couple of other things occurred to me. Um, first of all, on the the uh, the first um, drawing up there that shows the intersection of Maple Street and Maple Court, if you can pull that up, the yeah, uh, this is misleading because it shows two lanes of westbound traffic on Maple Street. And in fact, that's just a one lane in each direction. Um, there, right now, there is parking on, on the street. Uh, so if you change that to a two lane in each direction street, you'd have to do away with all the street parking, which is already uh, at a premium in that neighborhood. Uh, so that was one thing that I noticed. And the other thing is uh, I was looking at the species of um, trees that were um, mentioned in the, um, I think it's the last page of the resubmission. And with the exception of one or two, uh, all of the species listed there are very small trees, and they really aren't going to do a whole lot in terms of, um, you know, screening out the buildings from the surrounding residential neighborhoods. And I think that's especially important on um, along the Maple Street frontage and the eastern edge of the property that will abut the um, residences on Wesley Avenue. So I really think the, the trees 
on, on those two sides should be um, significant in height and, and um, you know, and, and canopies so that they um, hide as much as possible. <laughs> That's it. Thank you. Thank you. And our last speaker is Jim Rusi. Hi, thanks. Um, I wasn't planning on speaking, but um, I have spoken with, uh, with the, the good folks here that are on the project here. And uh, we've talked about, I, I, I uh, unfortunately, I live in this my home right there that I just finished remodeling for my retirement and so this this parking structure um, is only t about 26 feet uh, away from my wall and then another microphone, microphone. sorry sorry <laughs> I should know that um, anyway so uh, this my, my concerns obviously first my first concern was we were just going like please leave our neighborhood alone please don't do this I understand, and I don't like to tell people what to do with their private property, uh, as long as they're within the law and they don't hurt anybody else. So uh, when they came and spoke with us, I was uh, impressed that they actually came to our neighborhood and, and spoke with us. They, um, so my concern is though, is the parking structure. I was really concerned about the entrance being right in my backyard to the thing. They've, they've cut that out, which I'm thankful for, so I don't have cars driving in and out uh, in my backyard. Um, I am concerned about the, the noise, obviously, of cars driving through the, the thing at all hours and the headlights shining into our bedrooms. And also tonight, uh, I didn't even think about that, about the lighting that they're going to have on the, uh, on the back there shining down into our, into our house, which is mid-century modern and it's quite open. And uh, so anyway, uh, those, are, those are my concerns and I, I really uh, hope that they can you know, we can make this fit into our neighborhood as best as possible. Um, uh, let me see if I have one other note there. Let's see. Um, and as far as the, I'm not sure if you, when you were referring to the, the uh, access to people uh, on that um, the fire thing there. I, I, I have a hard time hearing in here. I just got new hearing aids. Um, I, man, I hope we're not encouraging people to be walking up and down behind our houses because our neighbors are not, we're not into that. So anyway, um, I think that's pretty much what I was uh, wanted to say. So thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. That concludes public comment. Thank you. The public uh, comment is, uh, hearing is now closed. Uh, before we proceed to deliberation, can I ask staff a question? Uh, can you address the density issue? Are we within the uh, prescribed limits on density? Correct. Yes. With the proposed project, the base density that's proposed, along with what's allowed through state density bonus law, the project is compliant. Okay. And street parking is still available? Yes. I don't, uh, as mentioned before, I don't believe the applicant has any intentions of changing any street widths or sidewalk widths or changing any parking configurations that exist in the public right of way. Any other like yeah, I'd like to hear the a rebuttal to the second to last speaker from the landscape architect regarding the planting of the trees. Thank you. <laughs> do, we, do we want to do this under uh, deliberation? 
it's it's in our protocol. To I, have I believe you do have to reopen response. the public hearing to have them respond. It, it, it's in our protocol to have. Okay, then we'll yeah. open the public hearing back up. It's not public it's hearing. Okay, go ahead. Oh, okay, well, we'll, we'll let the, the applicant I think I, I, I think there's certainly opportunities to talk about, you know, the tree types that we use. I think we need to maintain the street standards of the city along Maple, so that selection is already made. Um, the other is along Maple uh, Court, actually, there are some existing street trees, and even though we may do some improvements, if we can keep those, that would be great, and so we would want to match those, and I believe all of those are... Bradford pears, which aren't big canopy trees, but again, it's part of what's there. It's part of the city standard. So in that respect, um, you know, the other opportunities we're looking for just where we have the space. And I think if we could have space for taller trees, we can certainly talk about those. That's, we're not hesitant to have that conversation. Thanks. Okay, then I'll close the applicant portion. Um, we'll go into deliberation. Before we start, I, I just want to make a comment. And, you know, I can, I can see this additional housing as being a win-win for the city. It's probably a win-win for the business community. It's a win-win for the trades. It's a win-win for the occupants. And I think our challenge is how do we make this a win-win for the neighbors that are adjacent on the inside? I think that's one of the challenges that we're going to face on this deliberation. So um, do we have any comments from the members? I'll maybe start. Um, so I understand that, um, I guess uh, just a point of clarification, and Levi um, uh, responded to this as well, but the general plan designation in this zone allows for 54 units per acre, um, and that is, that's a dense existing zoning uh, for this site, and I know that this has been a, a two-story um, commercial building uh, for a long time, but that, news, that zoning designation is not new. Um, it's, it's been in effect. Um, there's also very few development standards that apply to this zone, so uh, what the major one uh, is that it allows a 75-foot height limit, uh, which is extremely high and higher than most I can't think of a building that quite that high in our city. Um, so I appreciate that it's, um, you know, it's not a immediately uh, consistent with the single-family residential neighborhood to the east, um, but we have a severe housing crisis in, in the city of Ventura, uh, I know many friends and family members that are finding difficulty to find affordable housing here. Uh, and this is 350 homes um, for the city of Ventura that are, are drastically needed. And these, uh, this is what homes look like today. Uh, we don't have the ability to develop our, our hillsides or the desire, in my opinion, um, and so, uh, you know, these are the types of conversations that I think are going to continue to be had and that I encourage, um, you know, the folks here tonight and, and all residents of Ventura to participate in the, in the discussions regarding the general plan update that are ongoing, uh, watching the housing element update. Um, I think this, 
really proves the point for the need for uh, objective design standards to apply citywide and a number of other uh, sort of high-level housing policies that um, I think the city needs to, to really tackle uh, and soon. I will say that with respect to this project and the applicant and the designers, uh, I appreciate that this project came for design review or concept review at the last uh, time. I, I know that uh, we had uh, quite a bit of comments um, and I have seen uh, a lot of refinements, revisions, uh, and thought put into addressing those comments and I, I do appreciate those. Um, I think moving the commercial, some of the specifics that I wanted to mention, moving the commercial uh, ground floor area to the Maple Street I think is a plus. Uh, the removal of the eastern entrance to building two uh, I think is a big plus. Um, uh, maintaining the public right of way um, and uh, keeping that on-street parking uh, and that two-way traffic I think uh, is, is an improvement. Uh, the art, in terms of building design, architecture, the arches, uh, the entry uh, to the commercial um, areas, uh, I think is a, a significant improvement. Uh, I appreciate the, the addition of some of the uh, materials, including the weathered wood. Um, I think that'll, that'll really help to uh, create some differentia differentiation in the building itself. Um, and... Uh, the reduction in massing at, at Maple Street uh, and some of the efforts that have been taken to reduce massing uh, or, or step it back uh, from that eastern property line uh, I think are acknowledged uh, as well as the, the landscaping improvements uh, to the linear parkway along the perimeter uh, kind of coupling that with uh, the fire lane I think are all, all significant improvements to the design since the last time we saw it. Okay, um, <clears throat> uh, I don't think we fully covered my question about community input, and um, this is why it's really important to have the community input. I know when this first project first came to us, we had far more people who were rightfully, I would say, alarmed at this being presented to them, because some of them had no idea until like the two-week notice or whatever. And I don't think that the conversations between, you know, people working on this development in the neighborhood should stop because, as was said, there is a lot of entitlement already given for this site. And our hands are somewhat tied by that. And I, I think what you've done, the improvements you've made, some of the changes you have made, um, I think we're, in, we're positive or in right direction, but I still think the east property line abutting single-family, one-story homes is just is too brutal. I mean, we have a building that is, I think, what did I write down, 47, it's 47 feet high, and it's set back 35 feet to the top. Um, you know, I would like to at least see one-to-one -one, one -one difference there because, and as we were talking about the garage, the lights, the noise, lighting, I mean, 
if there is on the uh, the second story um, courtyard spaces, they're having parties, they're having you know good time on there. There's still two stories above and not too far away from the backyards of the single family homes. I just think there, that distance needs to at least be as 44 feet what we have up there. I know you're trying to use standard units and try to make it fit in that, that width of land there, but I think you're, it's just pushing that, that east property line too much, in my opinion. I, I, it's too tall for that corner for me. William, any comments? Uh, yeah, thanks. Um, I think that the the change from conceptual to now is is great. It's really really well done. It's, it's thought about. Um, for me, of course, the infrastructure uh, citywide needs to be thought about, but that's not our purview. Whether we have enough uh, a wide enough street or enough public transit to 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 get people in and out, it will be an issue. Um, to think that it won't be well, is is putting your head in the sand. But I don't think that's the reason that we that I would be ever be against the project. Um, I don't think it's too dense. I don't think it's too tall, um, especially in the areas on like Maple Maple and Maple and the interior areas. The density and the height, I have no issue with at all. Um, I think that your architectural elements, which uh, Committee Member Thomas Hall talked about. Are, are great, and I concur with that. Um, I would have liked to see the corner of Maple and Maple actually be engaged the the street as well. It's it's set up and it's a podium sort of off of off of the street by being four feet. I think that it would have been nice to be able to make that corner actually part of of the street, um, but. But it's still that corner actually is still really well done. Um, the. The issues I have with it are the same as committee member Cormain's, and it is the, the east side, and it's clear that you guys might have an issue with it too because you never show it, with the exception of the 2D uh, elevations. And if, if I, I think that it's, it, it's just the adjacency, and I understand the height, and, and the reason why I kept asking about the water table is it can be avoided, it can be lowered. Um, it can physically be lowered, and I think that that's the only edge that that really I would see that if there's any possibility of getting that down a little bit, that would be appreciated because that is pretty brutal next to the single-family residential area. Although it doesn't have to be single-family, I mean single-story residential. It could it could be three stories, but that's what they that's what they are. Um, I don't think you need to be lower than them, I, but I do agree with the party. You know, not very far away being in, in someone's backyard and the lights going through. I think that area should be screened. Personally, I'd like to see that whole, that whole edge planted in, in, the, in the open areas for mechanical, which can be done, and then the other areas could be planted as well. Um, but I, I'm a little concerned about that, that area being a place where people uh, can get to and actually isn't necessarily that safe, but at least there, there are some eyes on it, so that's good. Um, I, I just really want to say how much I appreciate you guys coming to, uh, I concur with you guys coming to Conceptual and then coming with what you had, listening to what we said, and coming back with what you've got. And I, I, really, I really appreciate the effort that was made. And I, I 
with the exception of the east, the, that east side, I really appreciate the project. And I think the landscaping looks, looks for me, I, I'm not a landscape architect either, um, but, the, but the landscape, as far as what I understand, it looks great. And you don't have a, a choice on, on streets. We have street trees that, that is a street tree standard. And that's what I wanted to hear, make sure that you were saying. Um, I think that's it. So I, 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 support, I support the project in general, if someone was going to make a motion after our chair speaks. Okay, well, uh, first I'd like to thank you for working with us and addressing the concerns. I think you got about 90% of them. Uh, as I said earlier, this is a win-win for everybody except for the neighbors on the east side. And that's where I'd like to see maybe a little bit more work done, uh, somehow providing some type of landscape buffer so people looking down don't see their neighbors and people looking up from their homes don't necessarily see what's going on in the windows or in the patios or landscaped areas. So, somehow there's gotta be a buffer in there. Uh, and I can't tell you how to do that. I think that's a real design challenge and you probably have the, uh, the talent and the competency to, to figure that out. I appreciate you did talk with the neighbors. We don't always see that. Uh, and uh, maybe they have some ideas that you can incorporate. So uh, with the exception of the east side, uh, I, I just think this is a real winner. It's, it's a good project. It solves a lot of problems. Uh, it's very well designed, well done. Uh, I just think the east side needs a little bit more work. I, I have one question perhaps that I would ask. Um, I, I think it's just building two, right, that, that has the, the tallest four-story components closest to that eastern property line. Yeah, it's, it, it's building two on the lower, on the south, it's a south part of the building on building two east side, that right there. That's, that's, the, that's the issue. The whole thing is a two-story parking lot. Yeah. It, the, there is parking garage, sorry. North East corner of building two is also four stories right there. It's showing as a, a roof deck, that, but that's on the top of the fourth story. That is four stories? Oh, okay, yeah. And then it's five stories back. It's five stories step back. Step, stepped back further from there. The, the four story, that four story element set back, stepped back a little bit farther. So four stories at 40 feet from the property line, it looks like. And then fifth story is 77 or eight feet. So I'm just curious if, if it was thought about or, or um, you know, is it possible to move that massing elsewhere and go six stories more on the interior of the building? And whether that's supportable from the board, I, maybe that's another question, but I guess feasibly, if we were to remove some of that massing from that eastern property line and put it elsewhere, is that, is that something that uh, could be possible? And before they answer, Chair, you would have to reopen the public hearing. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's reopen dialogue between us and, uh, and the applicant. Uh, so you can address your, your question to the applicant. Yeah, so while it is possible with the existing zoning height of 75 feet to move massing. I know that was discussed at the last meeting, like our directive was really to work under a type five construction building. Um, and that's why 
the 60 foot limit to the top of roof surface is what we were working towards. Um, it would trigger the change of construction type for the building to go from a type five to type three, which is about 20% more increase. Uh, but there's creative ways we can work around firewalls and create different buildings and only do type three in certain locations if, if that's what we were directed to do. We're in, we have ongoing discussions with Jim and the neighbors regarding that east corner in, in particular um, and finalizing materials. It, that's just the next phase in, in the project. That, that area is extremely important to me, especially as I get to know the neighbors. Um, Curtis, I apologize for not answering your question regarding outreach. I didn't want to get in trouble discussing anything other than design, but we've, we've met with Anacapa Middle School. We met with all of the neighbors within a three-mile radius uh, or have knocked on their doors, passed out um, materials. We have ongoing office hours via Zoom. There's a website to submit public comments. We, we've done an extensive amount of work in that department. We've met with Ventura uh, uh, Community College um, and presented to them. We've met with uh, Chamber of Commerce numerous times, and, and we continue those discussions as well. Yeah, I, I think even though we have concerns on the east side, if the majority, a substantial majority of the residents were able to communicate that they were satisfied with the design, that would really help. Right, we're, we're not there yet. Um, but I, I believe we could get there. And in 40 years, how many of them are going to be there? That's a good question. Jim's never leaving, he said. <laughs> Jim's never leaving. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to close it yeah, and sounds go back good. to the liberation. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I at least wanted to pose the question. I'm generally okay with it. Um, as is, I think it can be handled, um, you know, with landscaping and lighting and materials uh, to address a lot of my primary concerns with that proximity. Um, it's also, you know, it's it's not on the property line. It's it's uh, a pretty significant amount stepped back, just by virtue of having that fire lane um, already. So I, I think that that you know, while required is, is uh, uh, an important design feature as well that I, I think that uh, the applicant team has done a good job of, of trying to make that a feature of the project. I, I, I concur, but there's one thing I'd like to, that, I, that, I, that always blows me away that we don't have, and that's the archi all the archi architectonic pieces, like the, down, the gutters and downspouts, they should be on, so I'll be on these drawings because the, the thought of having someone attack on gutters and downspouts, this thing's gonna, it will, it, it, I'd way rather see them be internal, because that's what I just assumed they were. They're all parapeted roofs, they can all be internal, so they could all be hidden. Um, I, th I think, that, I don't know why we don't get the, the, that stuff. Yeah, I don't know why either, and from my perspective, from a maintenance standpoint, external gutters, downspouts, collectors, they, they rust, they corrode, they get clogged up with leaves. Uh, I don't know why anybody would want to, from, from a long-term investment. From an internal? Not internal, oh. external. Oh, external, yeah. Yeah, well, you have the same. You have some of those issues, too, with an internal, but you, it's, that's, 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 it's that's doable. It's easier to maintain. And so the, the other one is the, why we don't get the, the, uh, 
the solar panels because we know we're going to have them. It's required. But I assume that all these, the, all the parapets that looked like they were about four feet tall, that they were going to be hidden behind it. But it would be nice to actually somehow get that. I know this isn't really. Uh, it's probably more of what we I wish we had. But I, I just hope that the gutters and downspouts are not. Uh, just tacked onto the building. That could be incorporated into a motion. That's where I was going. That's where I was going because I'm waiting for the, one of you guys to make that motion. I would think it would be important also to have the lighting, particularly we're getting more projects with these courtyard up, you know, these gardens and courtyards on roofs. They're going to have to put lighting in there, you know, just to meet um, code. So what what is that effect going to have? And I think we all kind of agree about the approach, the dark skies approach, um, and this is particularly important for this design because of the adjacency to the backyards of single-family homes. But it looks like you're scribbling to make a motion. If you guys Thank want to try for I've taken some notes. By the way, I totally agree with the, the them being able to show that the, it complies with dark sky. And and it appears that they do, at least from the drawings. That's the way I'm taking them, because they, they do have lights within their renderings, even if they did make the streets too big. Tony, you managed to finish writing. That's a good motion. We're going to get a pretty good motion. So I would move to uh, recommend design approval with the following comments. Um, that the board, the committee, whatever we are, uh, generally appreciates the, uh, the design changes that have been made um, and is uh, supportive of the overall um, proposal um, with uh, some comments and or recommended conditions. Um, that additional uh, screening opportunities um, for uh, larger canopy, canopy trees uh, and landscaping be explored to increase privacy uh, for the neighbors to the east. Uh, that uh, rather than a uh, continuous fence um, at the fire lane uh, fronting Maple Street. A bollards be incorporated to allow uh, the public to access uh, through the site or, or uh, yeah, to access the site. That uh, louvered openings in the uh, eastern elevation at the parking structure levels be included. Uh, along the eastern elevation, a few different lighting limitations. One, that any wall-mounted building lighting be limited to 15 feet max. from grade. Uh, lighting at the roof decks that face 
uh, the eastern property line. Um, any lighting up there be fully shielded from the east. So basically, it, it's up high. It would, you can, I don't know how to word this, maybe you guys have some recommendations, but um, try to kind of shield that off from view from the east because obviously somebody, if they're looking up, can, can see that lighting if it's just down. And that all lighting um, be dark sky compliant, fully shielded downcast. Uh, sorry, I'm not done. Uh, I would recommend the provision of significantly increased bicycle parking uh, or incorporation of other alternative modes of transportation uh, beyond what's required by code. I just think that that's, that's super important in a dense urban living environment and I, you know, bike storage, bicycle racks, uh, all of that kind of stuff is going to be super important to potential tenants. And not just racks on grade, if it can be somewhere secure that somebody doesn't mind leaving their, you know, potentially $1,200 bike uh, overnight, I think that'd be really nice. And that uh, downspouts or building drainage be internal to the building. I don't know if that's the right wording to use. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that's my motion, and I'm open to other comments or questions from my committee members. Um, I don't know if we're really addressing the. Uh, four-story massing on a southeast corner. I'm, I'm really not. The motion is not. Is to, I'm sorry, is it not? The motion is not addressing it, no. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm not comfortable with that. Would you recommend additional language? Um, I mean, if I want to give numbers, I would not have any component that's 30 feet away from the property line be taller than 30 feet. So you get a, the one-to-one -one ratio, at least. And then beyond that, they can, they can go to the four, five, six if they want. But that massing on that east property line, I, it's problematic to me. And that's just my point of view. Still concerned for me as well. Um, I'm not too sure what, what we could recommend or what we could do that would not cause a substantial redesign. Um, I would like to think that landscaping could help in that area. Yeah, but then you'd have to, you'd have to pull back anyway the wall to accommodate it. But I mean, one of the things you could do is on the other block, could you go six stories on one component and not on the others to mean, so you're not, um, you know, pushing up the costs on the entire development by simply doing a portion, say, the far west component and capturing those units in there. And then allowing, I mean, I'd be even fine with, you know, one level of housing set a little bit further back in that southeast corner. So we're still getting a little bit of openness. You could suggest an amendment to his motion that that be considered and presented to the Planning Commission. 
that it, that it is a concern and you'd like to see it discussed? I'd support a one-to-one -one ratio if you are going to put that in. That actually then allows them to, it doesn't tell them where to necessarily put it, but it does tell them too that it's a one-to-one. -one. They can go six stories internal, um, which I don't have any problem with the height as on, on Maple Court at all. It's my only issue with the height is on that, that edge, so that I, I have the same concerns you do. Um, that's... And I'm not, I'm not necessarily asking for an amendment of that uh, or, or amendment to the motion, but I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to put to me, recommend. Let me try to throw something as an amendment here. Um, to um, to re, uh, revisit or redesign the southeast corner of building, is that two again? Building two. Um, in terms of it, the setback from the property line uh, with the preference for a one-to-one -one ratio distance of the height to the um, property line at that side. Just for clarity, specifically the eastern property line. The eastern property line. And in the resubmittal, I would like to see a larger scale section showing specifically the relationship of building two to the fire lane to the existing houses. So they can really see what's going on there. Okay. We don't necessarily have to address it as an amendment if he incorporates it into his motion. Yeah, yes sir. So, well, that's That. So I, I think I would amend the motion to uh, request a, a section cut through uh, building two extending through the uh, fire lane uh, and showing the existing uh, residences, I guess, in the section. You have to yeah, I, I would do it at the one that's closest to Maple. Yeah. The other ones are set back for or closer to the property line. Looks like. Okay. Yeah. The worst case, I mean, they can pick the worst. Yeah. Um, I would do it the second residence in from from Maple Street, because that looks fairly typical from what I can tell in this view. Um, so that's one, and I would say that we uh, would recommend consideration of uh, revising building to uh, to have a one-to-one -one ratio between the property line and the proposed building heights, um, uh, including uh, increased massing on other portions of the building if feasible. Okay, we have a motion then. Uh, do we have a second? One more discussion. I, I have a question. I, I wish I could ask staff a question. Does anyone know the height of the existing building and the, and the setback away from the, the residences on that corner? You can address staff on this building. Do you know that? You don't know? Okay. Staff does not know. I'll look it up. Hey, I'm there. 
south. Get the motion. So we have a we have a motion on the table. Do we have a second? We don't. Second. Still needing a second. Second. Curtis has seconded the motions. Okay. Did you did you want me to repeat it back or are you? No, ready? just the roll is fine. Huh? The roll, just the roll is okay. fine. Please call the roll. Member Cormain? Yes. Member Groudon? Did, could, can we, is there any possibility we can hear the motion again before? I, I don't know what the real motion is. I'm lost on the motion. Okay. I, it's a complicated motion, so why don't we just repeat, repeat it? Okay. okay. The lighting is to comply with the dark sky requirements. Um, you guys appreciate the design changes. Additional screening for canopy trees for privacy for neighbors to east. Rather than continuous fence, that ballards be incorporated for public to access site. Parking structure levels, eastern elevation, wall mount light, 15 foot max. Lighting roof deck, eastern, fully shielded from east. Provisions to increase bike parking, other alternate means of transportation, and not just bike racks, but more thorough structures for security. Um, no component. Okay, so the last part that I understand is that on the east property line, you want it to be a one-to-one -one ratio for building height and property line setbacks. Um, and... Internal drains? Internal, oh yes, I have that. Where do I? Yeah, I, I, in the, the drains are to be internal. internal. Yeah, okay, I have that. And I do usually rewatch the video. <laughs> Yes, we. Uh, this is everything is read and spoken into the public record, and that's what we go back to pull the exact motion. That's why I the instructed her not to reread this because yeah. all of this in ex will be reviewed in exhaustive detail. The one additional one uh, that wasn't cut was to provide a, a section uh, cut through building to. access lane showing the existing residents to the east. So there's a lot of recommendations in there, but we're essentially approving the project for the most part as designed. I mean, for the majority of it as designed with the exception of the east side. And the and the smaller things, yeah, so which may be big to you guys, but okay, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, planning commission, of course, is gonna. But this, that's our recommendation. Okay. Um, then yeah, then I'm a yes. Okay, so Groudon. Oh yes. Vice Chair Tomasello. Yes. And Chair Antelman. Yes. Motion carries. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank it looks good. Okay, uh, we're at the point where we're going to do staff communication, and There's no staff communication at this time. Uh, I'd like to say something, uh, and I think William and Curtis appreciate that. Uh, as architects, we have to do ten hours of uh, 
additional <laughs> education uh, to get our license. And the big push this year has been net zero. Now, we don't have anything that incorporates the desire for net zero design uh, within our requirements. Can you, can you specify when you talk about net zero, you're talking about uh, net zero in terms of runoff or actual water usage? It's lots of things. Yeah. <laughs> it's five hours of things. It's because the city, uh, does, do, city does have uh, a net zero ordinance. What we, yeah. we had to read and what we've been tested on. Okay. And see what may be applicable to the city. Because that seems to be where at least the architectural board is pushing architects. And I would imagine landscape architects are also hitting the same push. Sure. Yeah, so actually when I joined last year. We're still in a public hearing. When I joined last year, my first meeting with staff was that same question, that I would like to see the city move towards um, uh, sustainability issues that are measurable. So it's not, we're in a period of time where we're not just looking at the aesthetics of the building, we're looking at the performance too. And we have to make sure that what they're presenting is something that you know, will perform over a long period of time. So. And is it good for the environment? Is it good for the city as well? Sure. Over time. So, uh, yeah, I will relay uh, at least what I was tested on. Have you taken the tests this year or you're not? Not anymore. Yet? I took, I was a lead person. Oh, that's right. You're, yeah. Okay. 12, William, 15 you, years ago. Is your license up? Uh, my license is up this, this year. Yeah. All right. You'll be taking the same test then. Okay. I'll get you copies and then you can decide what may be applicable or not applicable. Sure. Thank you. Standards. If there's nothing else? I, I actually want to just point out that I, I agree with that, and I think what, what uh, Committee Member Cormain was saying is that it's, it's more than just the way it looks as design, and that's been my issue sort of all along with design review is, 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 is it is performance. It is how a, bu a building performs. That is design. Yeah. I don't think the city has standards, so I'm not sure how we're going to approach that, but I well, think it's very important. At least we can make them aware of what uh, the issues yeah, are. It's like, and, uh, hey, work with this, you know, work on this as well. But I think it is important ultimately. So okay. at least getting in, in the mind of everyone, and then, you know, if it's on their mind, they can schedule, you know, getting that moving. Are you teaching net zero at all at the college? Give it staff to a degree, staff. I don't teach it, you know, biblically, like. You know, code. But you incorporate I'll it scare in. the kids. Yeah. Okay. You know. Okay. If there's nothing else, the meeting's adjourned. Thank you. Thank Thanks. You. Thank you, guys. Levi. Thank you. Thanks, Heather. Yeah. Thank you. Good. Good Mr. Attorney, I don't know your name.